Yeah, direct misfire, aiming up hits Bend some spoon and sell liquor in the mix Follow along, stay up to date Comment, like, subscribe today Hello champs and welcome once again to another Direct Misfire Missive. Joining me today, as always, is Selic. Hey, hey. As well as Hugh. Yo. As we discuss our updated thoughts on 3rd edition, uh, the changes in the Aussie Masters rankings, and we've got a, some info on a couple of upcoming events. So pull up a seat, grab a drink, and let's get into it. Now, before we start our meat and taters for this cast, I've got another little... Uh, project that I'm going to work on for this year. Bit of a uh, last year, we, yeah, we we had a, had the cloud giant army last year, and this year I'm thinking I want to do a, something a bit more fun in terms of playing instead of creating this document that takes ages. Um, so I'm going to create a Kings of Pit Fighters. So it's kind of like an Arena of Death thing, but I need your assistance in choosing the champion to represent each of the races. Oh, okay. um, so I've gone through and written them all out. We're not going to go through them all in this cast. We can do just a, a few for each cast. And I have a couple of rules for this, for who, like the, the, the pool of heroes that we're, we're going to choose to, to fight it out. Because at the end, this is going to determine which is the best hero in all of Kings of War. Oh, okay. Mm, interesting. Mm. So I decided that... It's going to be like an actual game, so it's going to be two foot by two foot uh, arena. There's going to be two small groves of trees and one obstacle that makes up the terrain. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just one-on-one fight, and there's only five turns, and then you kind of roll off to, for the first turn. And the last hero standing is going to be the victor. So, so the how hero many couldn't heroes fight at one time? One v one and one at the moment. Right. Cool. Yeah. Um, heroes can't cost uh, heroes cost can't exceed 150 points and I've just also put in this rule that any living legend heroes I've just whacked on another 15 points onto their price because they're pretty good and mm. in this one and one thing they they can be a bit ridiculous okay, can they so do you reckon I feel like they pay points for a lot of abilities that aren't necessarily relevant to one and ones a lot of the time yeah I've read through them all extensively and I thought yeah I think that that suits okay fair enough (laughs) but also with this because there can be quite a bit of a difference between points and to to make it a bit more balanced the hero that has fewer points they can take any combination of items more than one if they wanted to up to the point limit of their opponent interesting um but you can't fly yes they can you can have a double k double ko in this and I'm also thinking for ranged heroes, um, spellcasters or, or those sneaky, vanguarding, shooty boys, um, that if a hero is disordered, they can kind of shrug it off on a 3+, kind of like Headstrong, but uh, for disordered. Okay. So if, if they want to fight, they can't just get whacked in the head and then they're pretty much done. Um, okay, and you can't be mounted as well because a flying dude or a mounted dude just... Uh, zipping about shooting and the other guy not being able to chase him is <laughs> pretty, pretty poor. Okay. Uh, and the double one rule, that's, that's, that's not really a thing. So it'll still take, uh, take the hero off if you roll a double one, but the opponent gets to make some attacks back. Uh, it's like a death throw type thing. 
Okay, interesting. Um, so, and that can also cause a double KO if those and attacks. If, if it's a yeah. double KO, they're both out, right? Yep, they're both out. Fight better next time, guys. <laughs> okay. Right. So we'll just say, we'll go through four armies, I think. There, there's a few, but we'll just do four for today. And we'll see how that kind of lines up to make sure that we've got enough heroes at the end of the year. Okay. So starting off with Basileia, I've also incorporated Brotherhood in this as a theme tack on because some of them aren't good and some armies only have like one hero as a theme list. So the three that I've got to choose from, we're only choosing one in this, we've got the Dictator, the, uh, the Exemplar Paladin, and the Abbess. And just to go through the stats quickly, they're all speed five, they're all hitting on threes, the Dictator and Exemplar have five attacks, whereas the Abbess has Defense 5, Defense 5, Defense 4. Okay. Dictator has four attacks, Exemplar has five, Abbess has six. And the nerves are 12, 14, 13, 15. So they're all fairly close, and they're all like, uh, there's 90, 105, 90 points. So they're all fairly similar in points there. But the Abbess has more attacks, lower defense. So we're just picking one of them to put in the arena for the Just army? one. It's like a champion for their for that army. I like the Abbas because we're not going to get that many female characters necessarily or maybe not as many at least. And oh, there's a few there's a few in here. Yeah. I reckon defense won't matter as much. She's just got heaps of attacks. So well, yeah. it's one more, isn't it? One more attack. It's six attacks. She's got crushing one, iron resolve, um, vicious and wild charge. Vicious is good though. Dictator has Crushing 2 and Duelist. I mean, Duelist has got to be a bit powerful in this, maybe even OP in this particular configuration. Yeah, I made sure to go through them because that's why I had to reduce the points limit because the Vampire would be pretty Ridiculous. good in, this, in the Arena 7 attacks with Duelist. So not a lot of Duelists have a high amount of attacks. I think Abyss is probably one of the highest. So five attacks was for the Duelist, was it? Uh, for the Dictator, he has four. Four. So, eight attacks at Crush 2. That's kind of good. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. At what, he may not. He may <laughs> not get the charge, though, because he doesn't have Wild Charge like the Abbess does. Meh. Meh. And <laughs> uh, what was the other one? The Exemplar. What's he got going for it? Crushing 1, Elite, Headstrong. He's just got higher nerve and, like, one at, uh, five attacks instead of four or six. So, it's kind of in the middle there, but he doesn't have the Duelist or Wild Charge but you don't care about Wild Charge. <laughs> so who are we going here? I reckon the Abyss. Abyss? Abyss? The Abyss? Yeah, I'm voting Abyss Abby. as well. I reckon she's a bit cooler. And old mate with the Duelist is just... He feels a bit over the top. All right. 100 points for 8 attacks at Crush 2. Yeah, that's kind of good. No, get rid of it. Abyss. Abyss. All right. <laughs> sure. So that's that one. Uh, and then we go into the Dwarves. So we have a Dwarf Lord, the Berserker Lord, and I've thrown in Rawdon. The dwarf. So the berserkers slightly faster, speed five as opposed to speed four, and the other two guys. They all hit on threes. The dwarf lord and rawdon are defense six. The berserker lord's only defense four. The dwarf and rawdon both also have five attacks, whereas the berserker has seven. The the lord and rawdon are thirteen fifteen, and the berserker lord's fearless sixteen, and they're sitting at one hundred five, one ten, and one twenty five for rawdon. I like the idea of having a defense six guy for dwarves because it just represents them better yeah mm -hmm. um, i think i'm gonna agree with you there i think it represents it it also takes out those people that only have cs1 mm -hmm. um, so it could be just really rock paper scissors and this guy's the rock. the rock so the lord is crushing one and that's about it he's got headstrong but meh 
That's it. So it's just crushing one. Yep. So, but he will get items. So that'll be only good. if the opposition is fewer points. Yeah, he's solid without any items though. Still, he's still a defense six. He's like, and if we if we take the generic lord, we can name him. I assume. So we can call him. Of course. Yeah. Rock the Dwayne Johnson. <laughs> just Dwayne. Dwayne. And what Rawdon has over the dwarf lord? Uh, he's got crushing two. And he's got the once per... Oh, now I'm angry. So you can basically force the opponent to re-roll all successor rolls to damage. Mm. Yeah, he's pretty good. He's pretty dwarfy. But he's 140 points because I've tacked on that 15-point uh, tax. Could be cool to have a high-cost dwarf, I guess. I don't know. Up to you. What do you reckon? Lord or Rawdon? I reckon Lord, and then you can name him. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to go with Lord as well. Okay. So that's two down. We'll go two more. Right. Next is Northern... Uh, no, the Elves. We've got the Elven King... Mm-hmm. Uh, what's that, an arch wraith? Because I've also put in the Sylvankin, as well as Madriga the Elf. Can Madriga shoot? In this? Yeah, she can shoot. Yep. And like I said, was saying before, if she gets into combat and is disordered, on a 3 plus on their turn, they can shrug it off. Ah, oh, then you'd go Madriga. So she'll be 140 points. Mm-hmm. And what does she bring? So she's speed 7, so she's quite quick. Hitting on 3s. Her shooting is on threes. She's got elite and vicious. Four defense and three attacks. The Elven King is five. The Arch Wraith is six. It's very elfy that she can run around and put a few wounds on things before mm. they get stuck into her. Mm. But we don't get to name her. And there is some terrain and stuff on this as well. So the opponent can try and run for cover before trying to... Yeah, if they're going to do that, though, she'll eventually just pip them all off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I recommend Trigger. Okay, so she's going to represent the elves. And then the last one for today is the Northern Alliance. Ooh, my current faves, Northern Alliance. Yeah, you have a bit of a, a crush, don't you? <laughs> I do. You're lusting for them, aren't you? Gross. Um, so we have a just the standard lord. We've also got uh, an ice blade as well as Olaf, the barbecue. Or barbarian. Or so f- the Lord's 5355, so these speed, melee, defense, and attacks. 1315 for 110. Ice Blade is 6346, so one extra attack, slightly faster, slightly lower defense, but fearless 14. And all off the barbecue has 5346, so like the Lord, but uh, one more attack, one less defense, and he's fearless 16. Now he'll cap out on points at 150. Yeah, he's a potato. Six attacks, crushed two at 150 points is not great. He, uh, he, I mean, he's solid defense. I mean, defense is only four, but nerve 16 is nice. But I mean, if you were the Northern Alliance, you'd send your ice blade in, wouldn't you? I mean, she's the duelist. But he's also, I mean, Olaf. He he's got the unstoppable whirlwind. So once per game, declare that you're using the ability, and before he attacks, he gets uh, 12 attacks instead of six. So it's oh, like a one-turn duelist. Cool. Crushing two, vicious. Wild Charge. Ice Blade's Crushing 1, Duelist, um, Wild Charge. There's a lot of pressure on this decision. Um, <laughs> I, I think you've got to go Olaf there, but he could, if he can use that every single battle, he'll just charge in first attack, 12 attacks with Vicious. It's hard to turn down. If he charges in, because he's only speed 5. But he's got he does wild have Wild Charge. charge. Well. Yeah, I like... And nobody's mounted, so... And he's but got you do such have a Conan a vibe to him. He's 150 points. Everybody's going to be get to use some wicked item against him. But even so, I reckon he's going to 
be pretty good. He there are a couple of quick one. characters on this in this uh, pool. FYI. Well, I just feel that if we don't pick all off here, anyone that's sort of been collecting this army is going to hate us. <laughs> yeah, true. They're not really about the elves. They're more right. about the big old barbarians. So I'm with you, though. That's it. All off. All yep. off the barbecue it is. All right, so that'll do for today's cast, and I think next one we'll throw in another four, and we'll just keep going like that until we have no more or we just don't do any episodes for the rest of the year, and then we get cut short. <laughs> Um, all right, so with that out of the way, what is our first topic? It was uh, rankings. After the Masters in Australia, there was a, a little bit of turbulence across the uh, Facebooks and the Twitters um, about maybe our rankings don't represent uh, our actual nature of play over in Australia. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it sort of went back and forth. I'm sure that if you go into the Facebook Australia pages and a few others that you can scroll and scroll and scroll through bodies of text where people were defending or not defending the current system of rankings. Um, mm. And in the end, they got together and created a nominated panel of people across Australia, so one from each of our states here, and they put together a new ranking or agreed on a new rankings that did represent our current system of play. Mm. So what was the old system? Do you know, Selick? Do you know what it was What was it based on that we were using originally? Yeah, sure. I don't know the, all the algorithms and the sums. I haven't quite looked at that, but you could mm. go in and have a look. But effectively, it was based on our old Warhammer uh, fantasy days, um, where... There was a lot of two-day events which really did represent uh, the majority of our tournaments. And what that did mean is that if you played in a two-day event, you would generally get more points. And if you only played, transfer that over to Kings of War, uh, that meant that we've only got, what, three or four two-day events in Australia at the moment. So if you played in two of those, you'd be at the Mm. top of the ranking points. Right. And it would be really, really difficult to breach the gap through one-day events unless you were podium... Yeah, much if you did well at those two, obviously. Yeah. But yeah, I, I'm with you. Yeah, so um, that's all I was getting at as well. Not so much the algorithms, but the thrust oh, of it God. was. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the thrust of it was. Yeah, that's right. But a bigger emphasis on those bigger tournaments because back in the day, a number of years ago, like you wouldn't bother with a one day tournament. The culture was like two day tournaments are where it's at. It's a big event. You know, you go out and drink with the lads on a Saturday night and whatever else. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't know. I feel like the community's gotten older and some other factors have been involved uh, and of course it's not all the same people that were on um, the Warhammer crowd back in the day and it's mm. boiled down to pretty much nationally um, one day has seemed to be more the vibe at the moment there's probably other outside cultural factors as well like people don't have as much time for these events for one reason or another And mm-hmm. so yeah um, particularly like outside of the big hubs of Kings of War being like Melbourne and Canberra um in places like Adelaide and Perth and stuff, they just, as you say, they just don't really have any option for it. So, especially if you're somewhere like Perth, which for Americans out there, that's like further than from the east coast to the west between Sydney and Perth, pretty much. Like, um, it's like the direct opposite on the other side of the, the country. Yeah, d- put it this way to drive to Perth from Melbourne, even, which is closer than Sydney, takes about five or six days. it's not close so uh, yeah I mean if you're in that kind of position and you're looking at big money on tickets to fly or whatever if you probably get like three first places in a one day or something you'll probably qualify but outside of that maybe you'd need to 
travel, and it's a little bit un, it was a little bit unfair for some of those more distant regions in particular. Mm, that's right. So on that uh, long trip there, that's actually got the longest straight bit of road in the world. Um, so it goes for 90 miles for our Americans or 146.6 kilometres in a straight line. That's a long way. Um, <laughs> and Melbourne to Perth is 2,123 miles. That's yeah, it. So good luck driving for a tournament. <laughs> You're not going to do it. <laughs> Most of that's desert and fuck all as well. It's not like there's fun <laughs> things to see on the way. Um, so effectively, they all got together, these, this big group of uh, Masters people, um, and they decided on a new ranking system. And that ranking system is effectively for a one-day event. Uh, it's the number of players over 10 uh, plus 60. And if you're in a two-day event, it's a uh, number of players plus 70 for as the top prize. So if you came first in that and there was 10 players, you'd get 70 points in a one-day event or you'd get 80 in a two-day event. And it's still a little bit weighted towards mm. more games, is that correct? No, it's not. I, I think it's just like... Uh, Based so on the actual event. Is a one-day event with three games worth the same as one with four? I think so. Okay. So you can definitely luck your way in with a few good appearances at three-game one-dayers where you, you know, you just have perhaps two games against whoever and then, like, one tough game which you get reasonably lucky in and there you are, first place in that tournament. And, but then everyone has that equal opportunity, so... Yeah. No. But... The, that's not really the talking point here, mate. I know that we've discussed the rankings, but <laughs> after we went through all of the old rankings, where currently our Hugh Evans uh, was sitting at fourth, we rejigged it all and we got a new winner. And that new winner is you, Hugh. You are Australia's number one player at the moment. Woo! Such bullshit. You still can't beat me. So I'm not sure how much you paid this panel, um, but it seems to be working for you. Did you yeah. help write the formula? No. <laughs> <laughs> they just love me. So they're like, wait, hang on, guys. Just a second. After we did the numbers, Hugh's only third now. We need to... That doesn't make to, sense. Yeah, we need to redo this a bit, I presume. But no, it's, the, it's a bunch of tournament organisers. When Selick before said that it was uh, Masters types, I think um, we're talking probably the most prominent tournament organiser in any given state. Mm. Yes, that's great. So um, to have a look at all of the people that were are on that panel, I think there's only two, one or two that are actually Masters players that attended last year. Yeah, it's a, it's a temporary transitory thing. I'll get dumped out of there in no time. I think Tracy's only got two tournaments and a few others. But what it does mean is that I'm virtually guaranteed to qualify for the Masters at this point. So that being the mm. case, I can start taking some real chaff to tournaments such as the one on the weekend where I've got a flying assassin and lots of other silly shenanigans to get up to because I'm secure in my seat of power. I'm, st- I'm struggling with my list at the moment for that. I've, I've narrowed it down to two lists and, yeah, I don't know what to do about it. Six wingets. Probably a good Sorry? segue into our thoughts for third. Six different wingets. Mm-hmm. That's my thoughts for third. That's, that's what should have taken. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm taking two, and I'm also taking a Bangit who is flying, so it's almost like a third Winget who doesn't score. Anyway, third. I am liking it. I still think double ones suck. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I love it. Double ones still suck. Uh, only real bad rule that I can think of, though. I don't really have a problem with any other rule in the uh, core rules at all. There seems to be a lot of um, confusion regarding the disengage and withdraw mechanics. Yep. I don't think withdrawal was explained very well in the book. Like, I couldn't find an actual section for it. It's just mentioned a couple of times. 
Yeah, yeah I'd sort of agree with that. It's the only rule that seems to be constantly coming up in all the forums about uh, do I have to disengage? Do I have to move if I disengage? Like all of these sort of things. Can I charge or not attack? And all of these mm. other weird scenarios that keep coming up with badly drawn diagrams. So Some of that's a bit ambiguous if you draw your diagram badly enough. But I find that in real life, in 99% of games... You just don't really have an issue with it. I still think it's reasonably clear, and I guess it is ambiguous in some of those particularly obscure scenarios. But again, mm. again, I don't think it's such a big deal. Actually, I just thought of another thing I don't particularly like in the base rules, and that's that you have to declare that you're countercharging, which I think wasn't too much of a problem when they had the one-inch gap. And don't get me wrong, I think it's better that the, the one-inch bounce-back thing is gone. I prefer just staying engaged. I think yep. it actually makes manoeuvring a little bit better. But yep. um, they, the fact that you have to declare that you countercharge, I think, is troublesome. And you can get those situations, I guess, where you know your two units off on the flank of fighting or something. Like, There's no reason why they wouldn't countercharge. You've left them engaged. You haven't disengaged them, moved them away. They're not wavered, whatever else. You go to the combat phase and you go to roll the dice for them. And your opponent goes, uh, you didn't countercharge. They can't fight. They're engaged, mm. but they can't fight. And that's technically the rule. Um, I don't think I've ever actually seen anyone do it it's just the fact that the rules there is mildly troublesome to me I think if you leave a unit engaged and it's not wavered it should just be able to fight that's right whichever unit's engaged with Uh, I suppose the only problem with it if if you're multiple engaged and you need to declare which one you're countercharging because that's the one that you're going to strike and you might actually need to move your unit based on whichever one you countercharge and I think that's probably the reason they left it in there but like in one-on-one scenarios, I feel like you could leave like a put a caveat there somewhere. Like, if there's no, you know, if there's no reason to move your unit and what it's engaged with is clear, it should just be able to strike. And I feel like that's kind of the unwritten rule anyway. Mm. Nitpicking, really. How, how am I ranked eleventh in the new rankings? I don't know. We go to quite <laughs> a lot of one days. I don't know how. It seems a bit generous. Um, it us, does to us peeps that go to a lot of one days and get a lot of like third and fourth places and things like that. Even though, uh, well, I guess one good thing comparing both of those these two ranking things, I am top goblin player. Yay, go me! Yeah, Ooh. that's why third is the best. <laughs> <laughs> well deserved. Um, what about the lists and armies? Because we've we've had a fair few games now. I don't know about you, Sir. Like you've keep going on holidays and missing out and stuff that's true yeah have you had a game of third yet so uh just online so just on ub dude you gotta get amongst it you're like my internet friend Mm. (laughs) do we do we feel like the armies are lacking because a a few units and heroes have been removed from second no there's heaps i feel like they need to be um expanded or built upon I think some more like characterful units that do wacky things could be interesting. Um, but for the most part, the armies feel quite expansive and I always find it hard, whatever army I'm writing a list for, that it's well balanced enough between the units that you know I struggle to come up with what the best things are and, and you know want to chop and change it a lot. And I feel mm. motivated to change my lists regularly rather than just play with the same thing all the time. So even internal balance within the armies is such that I feel like there's a lot of variety there and there's so and many armies it's like um, I don't even know how many armies <laughs> there, but there's a lot so there's like 30 <laughs> I, don't know, I totally disagree with the elf list um, I've found I love list building and in third I've found the elves are the most difficult to actually get a balanced army which is what I like to play 
Right. Um, at the moment, it just feels like you try and pick a balanced army and it's just you run out of unlocks. And because they're expensive, you end up getting forced down the two hordes of palace guard route. Right, that's a shame. Is that the internal balance of the list is a bit awry? Because I have heard a lot of complaints about elves more than pretty much any other list, I think. I mean, Abyssal Dwarves and Elves, but for two completely different reasons, seem to be the yeah. ones that are complained about the most. Could it be more that um, it's just changing the way that you're used to building lists or playing them? So it, it may still be good, but you're just not comfortable with it? Yeah, really good point. So I think there's a fair bit of online uh, squeaky wheel about uh, elves purely because they you can't run two hordes of archers and two um, hordes of dracon riders and then win um, so I'm happy that that's mm. out or not as balanced but at the moment I can't take um, shamblers dracon riders a horde of archers um, in in a list at the moment like those were my three sort of units that would start to be unlocks and that's just because of the irregular yep so that means that has been pretty much nerfed archers which i'm okay with i honestly don't mind um but the other two are now irregulars um so i have to start putting in other units which is okay apart from their points now really starts to stop me getting characters because i've run out of unlocks mm. so i think it, it just it... makes you change your units as well i have to go out and buy more uh, now because my army is not really valid yeah i think that's the your problem plan mantic before, <laughs> well played ronnie i think the problem with <laughs> the elves before is that they didn't have good enough internal balance it wasn't that they were external as in by internal and external for those who don't understand that i mean that within the list itself the units against one another is their internal balance while as external balance is the army's balance versus other armies are they overpowered or underpowered but yeah. internally elves were there was no real like in, at least there must not have been I never wrote an elf list in second but I saw enough elf armies to realise that dragons dracon riders and hordes of archers were obviously too good because those were the, always the things you saw like cookie cut chopped into the army at least in some combination at least like four or five times and then anything else is filler we're talking like the last 200 points I'll spend on something else and clearly that was yeah. a problem but perhaps they hit it with a nerf hammer too hard um, or they didn't bring other things up to be as good enough and maybe they were just a bit too judicious with the whole um, the whole irregular stamp by the sounds of things. Yeah, that, that's what I think it is for me. Um, maybe just have like 0 to 1 on Dracons rather than making them irregular. Yeah, just something like that. So I think two Dracon hordes is pretty dangerous and you can mm. still take it but um, it's the unlocks that really starts to cripple you. And if you have a look at the whole list, and I'll shut up about this in a sec, but it just seems to really shape what army you're getting. And the issue with that is everyone is going to be doing exactly the same thing. And it's if you mm. go down it, it's just so going to be two up with the same problem. It's just guard. a different different units yeah. causing similar problems. Yeah. Crocodile too is silly. I can oh, see how you could be hurting play. for unlocks in that list, though, overall, for sure, definitely. I can see that, but... Uh, yeah, I guess you just gotta take some different shizzle, but uh, oh, and that—that's it. Which like, is the biggest thing? Yeah. Maybe the biggest, especially with is your palace guard, a bit too good. <laughs> is that really what the problem is? You, you just feel hard to justify anything that isn't two hordes of palace guard. Well, dear God, I'm not taking two palace guard. Looks hordes, like they need a nerf. 
<laughs> no, I you're not. Regular, but that's fine. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like just just a, a word to um, the um, rules committee and the guys who create units and changes and whatnot. If you're going to update it, don't nerf or buff things. Just change the points. Don't change the way a unit functions. Just change the points. If it's too good, make it more expensive. I don't mind. I think both could work. <laughs> but like when you're building an like army phalanx, to work a certain example. way, and then they change things, phalanx is way and then it doesn't work the same way. Yeah, that's fine. It's like the new addition. But if then they said, ah, oh, phalanx is pretty good, so we're just going to cancel that again, and it's just going to reduce your thunderous charge by one. Mm. And you had an army of like two hordes of spears and cavalry. It just don't change the function of it. Just change the point. If it's too good, make it more expensive. Make it more of a, a de decision to take. Mm -hmm. What do we think about war machines now? I don't see what the big deal is. They're fine. They're still... It's a fair bit of fuss for nothing. Some of them are a little bit under-costed, I think. I think. Because the you, heavy mortars are certainly under costed. Yeah, heavy mortars for sure are like one of the biggest culprits. When you compare um, similar war machines as well, and you pay like five or ten points for, you know, a crushing strength and vicious or something on some of them, and yeah. you're like, hang on, that doesn't really add up because even even in with the whole army context thing, it doesn't. You know, a war machine fills a very similar role in pretty much any army, and uh, yeah, a lot of them are extremely similar, but the points don't go up quite as much as they should on some of the better ones, mm. I think. But, I mean, it's a pretty small thing. Um, it, it can feel like a large thing, though, when you play against three mortars and they all hit on the same turn and you're like, fuck my life. But but it's it's better than second end, I think. They just need to tweak some of the points on some of the war Yeah, machines. overall, they're a more fun experience for both players, I think, because they don't spike yep. as much and you don't roll sort of... Yeah, sorry, you don't just feel as though they do nothing when it's on your side of the table and you just keep missing as much because of the main like most of them went from one shot to two overall it's a really good change it's just there's a few that are probably just yeah a little bit on the high on the power curve um, and like mm -hmm. anything in Kings of War and other games like it is if something's just a little bit too high on the power curve and then you spam it and just copy it a million times over then your overall army is significantly higher on the power curve because Hmm. You know, if you're saving 20 points on something and you repeat that four or five times, you're saving like 60, 80 points, whatever it may be. Um, it's enough to make a difference. And going back to my previous point, with those heavy mortars, they're 115 points at the moment. What if they were, say, 145? So they go up by 30 points. Would people still be, be taking just, three of them? That'd be totally fine. People would take one, two, maybe. I don't know. Because, yeah, an extra 90 points is a big chunk. That's another unit or upgrades or that's... That changes. Things. I hear it makes you think. Players, I take saying I take zero, but like maybe maybe thirty is too much. Maybe it's twenty or something. But yeah. Well, no, I'm going to disagree there because I think people take them because they've got another mortar, right? They've got two options. This yep. one here is just clearly better. Yeah, exactly. But it's clearly better because of the points, right? If it was more points, yeah, it it's 115. Be it's better. It'd it's be more of a choice. Yeah, and, and the the light more the standard mortar is just like a catapult that you f see in any other army. It's just D three plus one, uh, piercing two. Yeah, instead of D three plus it's two, like correctly piercing three, about the same and number shattering. of points as every other mortar and every other army. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I just think that the vicious tweaks it, so it takes it from a strong mortar to a bent mortar. Mm, vicious and elite, I think, are two skills that perhaps are slightly costed wrongly um, 
Vicious feels a bit too good for Abyssal Dwarfs, and I think it's the main reason that I think they're the top tier army. Not really the Mortars, although it is on the Mortars as well, so it's probably part mm. of the reason. But yeah, just that reliability of just auto wounding on virtually every unit in your army. Uh, it's certainly how it feels like to play against it. It's um, yeah, it's increase the strong. points on them, and then we'll be fine. Mm. Well, that's what I think. Yeah. Or if mm-hmm. I was sort of making this, I would make it a living legend. So you can only take one. Only take one. Overall, though, I, I, nev- I never play an army these days where I just look at it and go, "Oh, I can't possibly win," or at least, no. at least very rarely. And and the times when I do, it's usually because I'm like, "Oh, well, this particular matchup." It's not because this army I'm playing against is the most overpowered thing in the world. It's just because I've brought scissors to this paper scissors rock. Yeah. R- this rock off. Um, yep. But yep. then when you take a balanced army, which most of us do with different types of units and stuff in it, that shouldn't happen very often at all. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And it's only people that are really breaking it. And if they really want to go down that, that route and have an un, unfun game, then that's that's on them, not you. Yeah. Because we haven't had any complaints about War Machines in Australia. Is that because we just um, kind of ease up on that? Or is it just because we use terrain and we just play better? We know how to play against them? Well... Yes and no. I think there has been some complaints, but um, only there was the three mortar list. I think it was um, that was at convict that really just wasn't that fun to play against. But it was one person, not the top ten. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think part of it is there's a lot of people who know how to counter them. There's a lot of good players out there, but probably more than that, it's just a cultural thing of not many people taking a lot of them. And we probably play with a bit more terrain. It's just a guess. I really have no idea if we do. But certainly the more mm. terrain on the table, I know if you play with a lot, first of all, it makes Kings of War, I think, more dynamic, interesting game of manoeuvre. But it does definitely reduce the power of War Machines quite considerably. So if you're, if you're playing in a tournament where maybe you've got a lot of players and not quite enough terrain to stretch around, you're putting one piece less on each table or something, War Machines go up mm-hmm. in value noticeably. So that mm. might be the reason. It, it might totally not be the reason, but it just could be. I mean, I played seven War Machines Goblin list with the Undead, and I was stoked to come up against it. I was like, sweet. This is uh, a great matchup for me, you know? It just depends on on your list as well. And If your meta has a lot of War Machines in it, there's also a lot of counters for them out there. I'm loving the two scenarios that involve the bluff counters, bluff tokens. Yeah, they're great. They are the best. So need fun. more of that and they're tactical fun too mm. it feels like you can really get one over on your opponent every now and again and you feel pretty clever when you're like yeah <laughs> I'm totally bluffed them into thinking that that counter was worth nothing when it was or whatever I don't know how to bluff against you here you seem to be able to predict where I'm putting my numbers <laughs> <laughs> I've been good at that so far but we've only played a couple of games with it so see how, yeah. see how we go you'll get me one day so, we've got two events coming up. Um, yep. So, that, well, we've got one this weekend that you guys mm-hmm. will be attending. Um, Leap of Faith. And then a Leap of Faith, yes, over in Ringwood. And a little bit further out is Convict on the 18th and 19th of July in 2020 over in Springvale in Melbourne. Um, it's a two-day event, I think, which goes mm. up yep. in different points costs. Um, you can play just one day, so you can either play the... Uh, day that's First got day or the four, second day? <laughs> yes, yes, that's it. So it's got four four games on the first day, and they're at two different point levels. I think it's one four nine five, and one nine nine five, 
and then three games in the second day which is two two five zero so you can play either of those games or both i don't know how that's so even do, even more rankings, points okay right but um yeah yeah the whole escalating tournament structure is really fun and a bit different and because you know the scenarios ahead of time, I presume they're doing that again this year. I'm pretty sure it says yep, in the pack that they are. That means that more so than usual, because you've got two games at uh, 14.95, say, for, as an example, you know those two mm. scenarios, so you can try to really tailor your army to those scenarios. And then, you know, you're near 1950, 1995, whatever it is. 1995, yeah. Yep. That army can be completely different doesn't have to it's not like it doesn't have to be your previous army plus 500 it can be a totally different um, it's the same, it has to be the same race um, which I actually think like it wouldn't be so bad if it didn't have to be the same race for those who like, can be bothered bringing several armies I don't know if I actually would but mm. even so like the extra variety probably wouldn't hurt it but uh, yeah even within the same race you can take a totally different army and try to focus on armies that are good for those two scenarios or whatever so I really like yep. the format and I'm particularly looking forward to it because unlike the next couple events where well, I'll be taking a lot of curly nonsense um, this event will be uh, round one I have challenged challenger I've thrown down the gauntlet <laughs> and challenged uh, the best Kings of War player in the world to a duel so it'll be me v Tracy wish me luck fam mm. 1495 points mm. only but so mm. I can always say it doesn't count <laughs> if I lose but if I win <laughs> right. my god does it count I've actually been grudged as well. Uh, You've been grudged, Matt yeah. Matt Kroger. Ah, mm. yeah, he would. Yeah. It's a mat off. A mat off. That's right. A, uh, Double he mat. He just wants a, an easy. Does win. he? Does he take the sexiest general award if he beats you? Maybe. I'll, I'll allow. <laughs> <it>. <laughs> you cannot be besmirched by a loss. Yeah, it's at a uh, bowls club this particular tournament, and each year, uh, one of the guys gets uh, a miscellaneous old bitty to judge the sexiest general award so it is a uh, yeah it is from a a source you know unbiased by sweaty man beards and such so uh, Selleck is famously a ex sexiest general but he might have let himself go over the last <laughs> couple of years I don't know I certainly have chucked on the Mate, old kegs you look alright you've hit your level cap for a bit I'm looking forward to the mat off as well that's going to be good mm. what about you Benson you got to set up to the plate I challenge you to challenge someone just just anyone someone who would be fun to, ch- to play i i need a list of people who are who are going just i don't think challenge someone who'd be hyped to play I ch- oh, play ag you want me to play ag i've beat him before at uh, convict i can do it again <laughs> yes <laughs> them's fighting words i like it <laughs> that all sounds, right sure that sounds like a grudge ag why not you rook done yeah, if if he accepts, I, I mean, don't know if he will. He may have won the. Oh, he definitely would, especially when if you hype <laughs> him up with something like that. Um, so I guess uh, it, even though AG has recently won the Australian Clash of Kings 2020, and he's right up there as number um, not quite one in the country, <laughs> <laughs> he did not um, on his way to victory at Clash of Kings 2020 play the best goblin player in Australia. That's true. That's you, Benson. Mm. That's yeah. yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a board game day. So what is it? March 14th at the Pakenham Community Centre. So it's a, a it's a free event, and you get to try a hand at a number of different board games and RPGs and tabletop games. And there will be Kings of War there, 
and <laughs> I've been told that there's going to be a legend of the wargame community helping out doing demos. It's AG. Shh. <laughs> <laughs> so he'll be there doing demos. And there is a Facebook page um, if you want to jump on that. So just Packenham Expo. Do a search. You should. It should pop up. Yeah, I'd love to go down check out some new board games and stuff I always like to find a good new one that we can play on Wednesday nights or whatever uh, and it'd mm. be a good opportunity to get AG's autograph I guess as well <laughs> so that's March 14th but before we sort of wrap up any further um, hot off the press I'm not sure if you guys you haven't probably dabbled in Facebook too much but have you heard the drama over in the US Masters no what's about that? the dice about the dice they had a cheater Somebody using loaded dice in the Masters. Dodgy dice. Oh, now I've heard everything. Yeah. Now you've heard everything. I think, so, where do I get those dice? How do they work? How, how could it, you not tell that they were loaded dice? I know, right? So, apparently he was like using, he or she, I'm not sure, uh, was using certain dice for certain roles, and it became uh, pretty evident towards the end. But, mm. um, too late. Apparently. Mm. Dun, dun, dun. What do you mean too late? Is it too late well, to test the it's, dice? It's, if they haven't tested over. the dice, well, they can't make these allegations, surely. Well, there were some serious allegations, I'm not sure. They've uh, apparently tested the dice in some shape or form because this person has been lowered down in the rankings of the Masters, apparently. And it's no, no more invitations to the Masters either mm, in I future? Don't I don't know. I haven't seen all the uh, repercussions but uh, sounds pretty serious stuff. Hmm. Shit. To be fair, I do try to cheat with dice all the time. I mm. have really bright pink dice to try to razzle-dazzle my opponents into not noticing what's Well, it's going not on. like you're number one in Australia. Oh, Ooh, suspicious. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's a cloud over you now. Oh, seriously, though, what a clown. <laughs> I mean, get a life, whatever. He's probably got other issues. Yeah, it's, it's a game. Come on. Taking a flying assassin does not yet officially count as cheating so do it while you can if you take three it does does it? <laughs> no oh, yes, you can it only does. have one that flies yeah. Yeah. that is cheating <laughs> <laughs> just the one <laughs> just the tip alright well on that note have we got anything else to chat about or can we wrap this well we've up? only got we've only got one thing that will be put up on Facebook and Twitter um, and that's right. because we want to kick off our army reviews and we sort of got sat around for a little while trying to decide which one to do a review on. Armoring, armoring. We want you to decide, yes, community. Let the people do get what they want. So, for the people. So, the, <laughs> the best army reviews on the podcast net, I think. Highest quality, top tier. Which one do you want to listen to? That's right. Tell us. So, We'll uh, pop up a little bit of a poll and we'll see if we can... Well, you guys can vote on it and we'll uh, read through it and answer those questions for our next podcast. Disregard it and do whatever we want. (laughs) Of course, I will be sending a fully painted assassin to everyone that votes for Ratkin, uh, as is the usual agreement. So, uh, yeah, get voting out there, fam. Are you going to be paying me to paint those assassins? (laughs) I've, I've already got about five. That should be enough. Oh, yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> yep, sounds good. All right, we're leaving it there. Vote, and I guess we will hear from you. No, we'll speak to you soon. See you, guys. See ya. Bye.
Yeah, directness, fire blowing up the game Talking many war games is our aim Rule books to advice, we cover it all With the best tactics, we never fall Bend some spoon and sell liquor in the mix Math hammer doesn't work, it's a trick Follow along, stay up to date Comment, like, subscribe today Come check us out on Facebook and Twitter at Direct Misfire. If you want to shoot us an email, directmisfire at gmail.com.